Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. We met each other in Carowith studio. Mm-hmm. How did you meet Carowith? I met Carowith at Trader Joe's at my work. And how did that go? <laughs> how did he just invited you out of the blue? I mean, no, he, uh, he came through my line about three or four times. And like the first time, you know how he rocks all that jewelry. Yeah. And I like rocking jewelry too. So then I'm like, <laughs> Hey, you know, you go, you ever go like to the mall, you go, where you get your jewelry at? Like the, you ever go thrifting or to the swap meet, the flea market? Like, yeah, you down for something like that? He's like, yeah, I'm down. I love doing that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. So it was just That's like nat- naturally just like on each other's style. And then after that, it was, um, just like being like on that same wavelength of kind of like friendliness, just getting along on that yeah. same vibe. How did that get to the music though? Like three or four uh, like visits later, um, he just mentioned like, oh yeah, I do the radio show, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I like doing hip hop. Like follow me on Instagram. Yeah. Check out like I have a By couple By the way, what videos. is your Instagram? Say it right now. Uh, one, uh, O-N-E dot L-O-S. One Los. Oh. One dot Los. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, he followed me on there. He liked my video on there. And he's like, yeah, you should come in. I'm trying to get a group of like a couple people to, we can all write together and do songs together and stuff like that. Yeah. So then, you know, I haven't really been part of something like that. I just usually keep to myself. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know, that might be fun. And it might be cool to see everybody's like different styles. Yeah. So that night was pretty, pretty uh, eye-opening that every single person had their own individual style that was so different from each other. Yeah. You know. As far as I could tell, that was a new kind of thing that happened. But it, I, I also, so I, I was a UD, UC Davis student. Arguably, I still am a UC Davis student, but that's debatable. And <laughs> and uh, I, I had met this guy, you know, at some random like Wine Wednesday or something. And I think mm. he played guitar mm. and I didn't really think much of it. But at some point I heard that he was involved in hip hop and um, we started talking back and forth and before long he had invited me in and I realized he was a producer. He made beats. And one of the big things for me is I started off writing. So I never had beats, you know, and eventually I learned a little bit how to make them, but it's, it's not going to be the same as someone who's actually spends time. Like that's their craft is making beats. And Mm -hmm. he was doing it pretty traditionally. I mean, sampling stuff, working back and forth with, you know, how the levels of everything like, and there was no lyricist with him. Mm -hmm. So, I was just grateful that there was a chance that there was somebody else who could maybe give me a beat or two. And uh, before I knew it, you know, we both experienced this the same night, but he was inviting, you know, up to 10 people into that small little space in the, Whoa. In the art studio. And mm-hmm. uh, people had bars, people had their own work, their own kind of mm-hmm. social media stuff going on. But he brought together kind of a ragtag of people for hip hop yeah. in Davis, which... It's a pretty yeah, white kinda, town. It's it's. I don't really think I would tell people, like I think this is the biggest collective of any hip hop artist in the city, and it's just yeah. this random dude. It's like no, really, it really this, is. Like this dude think in the art it. department. It's like nowhere else in this town where you would find or walk into that. Like yeah, so it's. I just thought it was really cool, and he's a cool guy. I just went to the radio show last night, and it was the last show that. Um, he was going to do for this quarter, but also in winter, we're, he's not going to have that show. Yeah. So we did a couple of freestyles and we did like a couple of written songs too, but like, nice. I always told, in my opinion, because he told you about the radio show, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of initially. In my opinion, I was like, dude, what you're doing in your studio, like, 
on random Wednesdays and Thursdays, just inviting people over, over to me is doper than the whole radio show. Because mm. like when you talk about it, when you talk about it to, to, to a normal person, um, and I think this is a big topic when it comes to creatives in general, but I think I value things differently than a normal person. I think to me, in the age where you can kind of run your own show, I don't really value the radio that much, mm-hmm. you know? But at the same time, I understand the pull of it to say, hey, I'm an official person in this official space. That went on and rapped on the radio. Yeah. You get, I mean, you get, you get yeah, some credibility out of it. You get some credibility it, out don't... of it. But it's, it's almost like I would rather, to be real with you, I mean, I don't know if they're paying them or not, but I would rather take the 10 people in that room and us just buy HD cameras and just do our own thing once a week in a mm. random park and export that to China and Australia and 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 the rest of the universe and just build up the following from that. And you might be more successful doing that. I know, but I'm I'm a dreamer, so I don't know if that's actually true, but that's how I feel about it. So anyhow, I, I, I just thought it was really cool to be a part of that because honestly, I was pretty much done with hip hop at right before I met him because I, I was at the point where I, I learned how to make my own beats mm-hmm. and like I had done what I wanted to do mm. <laughs> with my beats. And my, I was like, okay, I made something where it's my lyrics, my beat, I own it. I think I, I'm done here. Maybe so, so you were happy with making your songs and showing them like to your close group of fr- friends and just ending it right there? Yeah, 100%. I, I feel like most of the things, I'm really biased in one direction, but most of the things I do, that's the height of fulfillment. There's not really much. The only thing that could be better than showing my friends is showing people that I really respect. Uh, in the in field. The, in the field. And, and that can happen if they find it, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me to make it for that. It makes more sense to me to make it and then share it. And yeah, then I, can, I can relate to that because yeah. uh, there was one time where I, I just posted my lyrics on Instagram. Yeah. And I don't know, you know Hobson? Yes. Yeah, you know his uh his buddy, Jaron Benton? No. Okay, he's he's in the group. Like Dizzy Wright, Hobson, Jaron Benton, and mm-hmm. I forget the other guy's name. But yeah, uh, Jaron Benton, he, he liked the thing. And mm, I was like, oh wow. That's pretty cool. So then I put it on my Instagram story. I'm like, hey, Jaron Benton, like like my lyrics. That's pretty that's like made me feel good today. Wow. And then like I put that twenty four hours later and then like twenty four hours later, like he like liked the story and like re liked my next post. Mm. So I was so like, he wow, was he following follow, you. He, he followed up a little bit. That's crazy, man. So I was like, dang, that's that's nice. So that's definitely extremely gratifying. Because nobody can tell you anything. Because mm-hmm. like yeah, there might be a regular person hating, but they're not in the field who has already made it. Right. So yeah, you could say whatever you want to say, but he thinks it's good and he's made it. So, and often there's a, uh, I have this this bar that's uh, the same shit the chefs love, the sheep hate. There's often this thing where taste can be wildly different. Where you mentioned, yeah, this guy's in the field and you guys aren't in the field. So you know, what can you say to me? I feel I sometimes that can get pretty extreme where. It's literally the same things that normal people say, oh, this is trash, this is disgusting, are the things that people are like, yes, this is gold, like the people who, who uh, really are, are who about really, it. Yeah, because it's so, it can be so subtle, it can be so nuanced, it can be so uh, just in this crevice that people don't think about. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they appreciate it. They're like, hey, this is raw. Fuck that other stuff. It's almost like normal people are just doing a comparison between whatever you're showing them and whatever they already know. Yeah. Whatever they're being fed. Yeah. On a daily basis. And whereas someone who's been in the field, it could be more of they've a, heard everything. Yeah, they yeah for years and years. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, before they got I, a full plate of like, oh, this person's borrowing from this and that and that. Versus regular people might think, oh, he's making a mistake. He didn't really mean to do it that way. You know what I mean? That's uh-huh. he just failed at being more like Twenty One Savage. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's why I like meeting people who have been in the field. Um, out like just like you said that how you were kind of done with hip-hop i was kind of like on that same thing yeah until i started working at trader joe's in sacramento Mm. before i got to the one here um i met this dj he's been a dj for like 25 years Mm -hmm. and then he was just scrolling through my instagram and like i had i started off with poetry Mm -hmm. and then turned into rap so he was looking at my poetry and stuff and then he's like oh when are you gonna get back to writing bars just randomly one day and this guy, like, all he does is make beats every single day. Mm. And so I'm just like, wow, you think I should keep writing bars? Like, yeah, dude, you're good. And I'm like, okay. Damn. So then he he kind of just kind of took me under his wing. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's still there whenever I, I can, like, hit him up on a DM and he'll, he'll answer any questions. Like, mm-hmm. he's pretty much, like, taught me hip-hop history. Wow. Like, I, I've already what, um, had done that, but he just widened it completely to, like, from the beginning of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So. And do you feel like this is enriching to you? Because uh, almost like a devil's advocate view is that you don't need to study, you know, the past. Just do your own shit. Just make dope shit now. You know, mm-hmm. do you feel like that history is enriching for you as a creative, as an artist? Oh, definitely. Because like if, if I if I didn't, you know, study the greats back in the day, then I'd be studying the not so greats right now. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Or, but what if you just didn't study? What if instead it was like you just played around with whatever came to you, you and you weren't, and you didn't pay attention to your influences? I mean, that's yeah, that could be a good thing. Could be. It could be. Maybe you'd have weaknesses that you didn't address. Who knows? Or you'd come up with some stuff you didn't think you'd come up with. Yeah, yeah. Or you'd reinvent the wheel, which is one of the things that I do religiously is constantly redo stuff that's already been done. But um, but I think there's value in it for me. So I how, how do you how do you write? How do I write? Uh, do you like not? Do you not listen to anything else and just put the beat on and just do your own thing for days, or do you like listen to other people's music and then make and then you know start writing yourself? Yeah, do you like mm, isolate yourself or? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's, um, I think I isolate myself. I, I know that I don't consciously listen to other people's music while I'm writing mm-hmm. to write better. Yeah. But I do know that I um, am influenced by styles. There's styles I like. There's things I like. And if, if um, for my latest stuff, it's all been the easiest style to write in, which is one-liner. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it's just I don't even have to listen to anybody to get something out because it's such an easy structure to work with versus what I think a lot of people in hip hop do is uh, they have really complicated um, 
like rhyme schemes and structures, whereas I do the exact opposite of that. There's yeah. no comp, no complexity at all to my rhyme schemes. Yeah. It's only the only thing that's complex about what I'm doing is what I'm actually saying. The content yeah. is fucking phenomenal, mm-hmm. but the rhyme schemes are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it's almost like my preference is to just talk and make the timing. You know, it's it's not even to try to rap. Mm-hmm. so much it's almost like i ju- i'm just gonna do a monologue it's gonna rhyme and it's gonna be on time and that's what's gonna be dope about it <laughs> yeah yeah because i feel like now like even me i i do like writing kind of like complex or you know multi-syllable yeah uh you know couplets and things like that mm-hmm. but like that's kind of putting yourself in a box because then you're just going against every other rapper who does the same thing and you're trying to do it better than them yeah, that's true. That's I a mean, good point. Yeah. There's there's little ways you could kind of like change the scheme and kind of flip things to make, you know, to change the flow a little bit and, you know, flip it your own way. But, you know, for the most part, it's kind of everybody rapping in that same kind of way and you're yeah. trying to outright or out, you know, double entendre or out, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. spit some real stuff. It kind of yeah. puts yourself in a box. That's kind of what I feel like sometimes. I'm putting myself in a box when I... When I just, you know, try to outright someone like that. Well, but everyone's putting themselves in a box. I think like one interesting way to think about creativity is you figure out what area you're not going to push the boundaries in. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't push the boundaries in all directions at the same time. So for certain things you have to say, okay, I'm going to be normal here but then that's going to allow me to push the boundaries over there. So it, I, it's almost like you, it's an optimization problem where you have to, um, if you do one thing, it changes what you can do in the other area. So you got to figure out, okay, if I really want to max out that area, then I got to be willing to compromise in these, these areas here. Like uh, one, one interesting one is speed and, um, enunciation sometimes can be really hard or having people basically just being able to speak in a way that everyone can hear you or emphasis you know if you slow it down you can emphasize more on that's another one like one interesting way to think about my music as much as i say oh the rhyme scheme's terrible well what's good about it what's good about it is like you're saying uh emphasis can can happen when you slow things down that's a speech technique i come from the world of speech and debate so Mm -hmm. a lot of what i'm doing it's not great rapping but it's great rhetoric. So um, going fast isn't always a good thing. And uh, and it, it makes a lot of sense because at the end of the day, for me, I'm fighting for, the thing I'm trying to optimize it for is that it's a song and it's saying exactly what I want it to say. So it's, it's so content heavy that the only thing structurally I care about is that it actually is a song, that it actually is something you could, you can and would want to listen to, <laughs> you know? So it has to be just catchy enough. It has to have, you know, the right amount of bars. Yeah. It has to have the chorus. It has to have just the song elements. The beat's got to be decent. Uh-huh. All the song elements need to be just decent enough so that it is actually a song. But then past that, it's all content. It doesn't, none of that other, none of the rap stuff matters anymore. It's just, what am I trying to say? And can I deliver it clearly? Unless it's meant to be unclear, Mm -hmm. you know? But I would say that's the good side of what I've been dissing, which is like, okay, I have no rhyme scheme, but Uh I have really great rhetoric so that it doesn't matter that I have bad rhyme scheme. 
Mm, and I, like I would say I would say pausing for emphasis is a huge rhetoric trick that I don't know if rappers use as much as they could, but there's like, you know, 35 or whatever of those yeah. that you can learn, you know, just watch politicians for long enough. You realize, like, oh, yeah, there are things you can do besides that'll get people's attention. Yeah. And it's subconscious, too. It's mm. not necessarily that they're saying, I know what's happening and I like it. A lot of it's like, no, if you learn these tricks... People don't even have to like what you say. They'll just love it because that's how the human psychology works. You're almost forcing people to pay attention. <laughs> if you, you know, And the same is true nice. for comedy. The same is true for any entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, there's certain dancing. There's certain dances you could watch and be bored. And there's others that you'd be excited by. And it's because they know in their field, this is how you do it so that it keeps people's attention. And rapping has its own tricks, but they're speech tricks outside of rapping that are perfectly useful in songs. Nice. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Kind yeah, of a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody has their kind of... Uh, well, this is why I personally have felt that as silly as it is, the chef discussion is an important one because you're really... Let's say you're really good at flying planes. Okay, you're great at flying planes. Let's say you're good at scuba diving. Okay, you're great at scuba diving. Okay, you're great at this. You're great at that. You're great at that. But to be a chef is a different statement. It's more of you're, you understand that these things are all the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and it's that, you know, it's, it's just different skills. It's like, it's the same process. You still have to like. Master it. Yeah, you still have to. It's the same steps to mastery, basically. I mean, mm -hmm. you're doing different things. Sure. Yeah. Scuba diving versus flying a plane. But. From yeah. the top-down level, it's the exact same process. It's yeah. just different things are filling in the boxes. And um, this is a, a big part of my uh, approach to creativity. And I think uh, I, I, I wish that, you know, maybe in the future, maybe now, that there was more respect for, and this is not just true for hip-hop, but in general, that everyone saw that every art form was kind of, similar or even that science is an art form in a lot of ways because um i think especially like in hip-hop there's a a cost that you have to pay for being a, a hip-hop artist yeah you have to be real dedicated to it i mean it's considered it's if you the worst thing you want to be known as if you want to make moves in the world is a rapper it's one of the worst things. It's better yeah. to literally, if you just change it to writer, if you just change it to poet, you would, there's so much more respect for it, you yeah. know? And um, it's, it's very sad. It's almost like if some, if some people think it's like a joke, oh, rapper, yeah, oh, you're a fucking oh, rapper from Davis, <laughs> a rapper from Dixon. <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking joke automatically or you're considered one, even though there's nothing wrong with the art form. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, actually think like in, in hip hop, there's more, you have to pay attention more to if you're a lyricist. Yeah. There's more work to writing, you know, 16 bars than there is to write, singing some one hook. Or there really a is. Country song or something. There really is. Yeah. Way there's more a, yeah. thinking behind it and more content in it and everything. So like, oh yeah, you're a singer. Oh, I'm a rapper. But they don't like, oh, you know, kind of how, how you were saying, you know how people would respect it if it was anything other than a rapper, like if you were a singer. 
even spoken word, that's one of the funniest to me because to me, rapping is objectively more difficult because it's the same thing with the beat. With a pace to with it. With the pace. Yeah, you can't just change the pace arbitrarily. You have to stick to the, You have more constraints. Yeah. So if you can do it without a pace, great. Just do it with the pace. But it's extra work to do it with the pace. It's not less work. Mm-hmm. Definitely extra. <laughs> Yet you oh, get man. less respect. It's, yeah. It's just because of the whole thing with the, you know, the drugs and guns and whatever, that there's this relationship between hip hop and crime that makes everybody want to fucking stay away from it. Well, I, I also think maybe it depends on the area, uh, the area you live in. That's true. I mean, have you really heard of any rapper making it out of, you know, Dixon, Davis, Vacaville area? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. If you grew up in Chicago or Detroit or New York, and then people were like, "Oh, you rap, yeah," and then they respect it more because they've seen people actually come up from it and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And and the the type of success that's associated with rapping is something that the streets, I think, appreciate more than the suburbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah. is like I almost feel like there's a primal aspect of it that doesn't allow certain people to understand its beauty because I, I, this is how I feel about it. But let's say it's, have you heard of the hierarchy of needs? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, I've heard of it, but I haven't got, I haven't at all. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't even know if it's factual, but I, it's useful for me to bring this up to make my larger point. Mm-hmm. So um, roughly what it is, is it says, okay, let's say that um, you went through a breakup that would be pretty bad, mm-hmm. right? But then it might be worse if you couldn't afford any clothes, right? That might yeah, be, worse. That would be worse. And then it could be worse if you couldn't afford any food, mm-hmm. you know? So okay. basically there's a there are levels to how much suffering you're dealing with. And if any of the levels below are unsatisfied, then you can't really worry about the levels above. That's the rough idea behind it, if I may. Right? I, I'm probably butchering it, but that's the yeah, main general point. idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you apply this to the art form, mm-hmm. one of the things that seems to come from it is like, what if the people who work in this art form are from a lower bar than you? Mm. Then you're worried about your breakup, but they're worried about food. Yeah. So the type of things that they're saying might not resonate with you because you don't have that experience of being without food. Exactly, yeah. And then also one of the interesting things to me is, you know, connected you to care with in some sense, is what is the meaning of jewelry in a world where you're without food? Mm-hmm. You know, now, in my view, it means more. I think the more primal you are, the more you are like, the more you're attracted to jewelry because it's just shiny and it's dope, you know? Yeah. And it's easy to understand why somebody would like it. Whereas if you, if you were, you know, living in a rough neighborhood, you might link that to success. Yeah. It's tangible success too. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas for me, I'm somebody who I prefer to use a card over money. Which yeah. is an even more abstract form of money than actual cash. You can't hold the, you can hold the card, but it doesn't change with the amount of money that's on it, right? And I'm somebody who has an attraction to mathematics, physics. It's not tangible. Mm-hmm. Why? Because certain needs were met for me. I was able. I developed just like you know a plant develops. I developed in certain conditions so that these things make sense to me. 
Yeah. But for a lot of people <laughs> I'm around, I'm like, hey, you know, mathematics or card or whatever. I don't use cash. They're like, what? Don't you like to feel the money? Wouldn't you rather do something that's more tangible? And I'm uh, like, no, it's of the imagination. It's dope. All you got to do is go through years of classes. Schools, a lot of people are like, they hate fucking school. And out of school, they hated math the most, as they should have. <laughs> because they had shit teachers. They should have had Chef of X as a teacher. But they had shit teachers. So now, you know, they, they developed in such a way where when they're expressing what they value, other people are judging them. Because mm. they're they don't I feel like there's not a respect for the lower needs, the more primal needs, because a lot of the people who are critics never were in those positions. So they don't yeah. even understand what the fuck people are saying. They don't appreciate what you're actually doing. They cannot <laughs> relate. They, they just, can't even relate. It's they're like, just judging you on a surface level. They're not really getting the deep meaning of where you're coming from when you're rhyming. No idea, man. No fucking idea. There's so much nuances, so much that it's like... I, I remember I was talking to this guy. Uh, I had walked up to him. We were... Yeah, I, I was talking to this guy. Let's just say he was a gang member, okay? Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, you know, we had a respect for each other. I said, why did you join this gang, man? And they said, join. I was born in this gang. I basically, when I think about my life, everything that happened from age six to the moment I was getting jumped was pushing me in this direction. Hmm. And, you know, I'm a young mathematician. So I started thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you know, what is the cost of not being in a gang for him? What's the cost of not being in a gang for me? What's the cost of not being in a gang for someone who wants to criticize him for going to prison, for whatever the fuck, you know? Everybody's dealing with a different cost. Yeah. And you can't judge the next person for saying, oh, you did X, Y, and Z, when there was every force in the universe pushing them and pulling them, Uh whereas the person right next to them who didn't do X, Y, and Z had the forces pushing in the opposite direction. You know, it's it's kind of ridiculous when you really look at all the parameters. But when you're just taking a step back, it's easy for somebody to say, oh, this person's just an evil fucking person. Fuck them. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yo, honestly, that's not what it is. And I think that's a big part of the miscommunication is that we don't we don't know where we're coming from. We don't really understand each other. We hardly can understand ourselves. Oh, people don't don't even care to try to understand each other. Yeah. You know, everybody's just living their own life, you know, ask you the basic questions. And then after that, they're just on their normal work grind. No one cares to ask what your story is or what, um, you know, what made you do that like you did with that. Yeah. And speaking of which, I did want to speak to you about some hip hop stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. why'd you, you said you were doing poetry first. So mm-hmm. how long have you been doing that and why did you start it and what's that background like? I think poetry started like fifth or sixth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's really deep in the game, man. That's like, I feel like my conscious mind came online in the third grade. So that's insane to be writing poetry in the fifth grade. Well, I mean, um, what was it? Like when I was in first grade, like my cousin uh, played me, I think it was Me Against the World, Tupac Me Against the World. Mm. And like all eyes on me and all that. Like he just just played it to me because he was at the time he was having trouble with school. So his parents made him move to Dixon. So he's going mm. to Dixon High. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'd be 
pretty much bunk buddies with him. And so he's mm-hmm. like, hey, come listen to this. And he just show it, you know, listen to you. Like, listen to what he's really saying. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's cool. So it started at a young age. They're like, my cousin made me listen to rap and hip hop. And mm-hmm. I just, just liked it. And um, then, yeah, I just kept listening to it, listening to it until fifth or sixth grade. I started, you know, just writing poetry just on my own, like just doing it by myself. No prior knowledge, just doing it naturally. Yeah. And then get starting to get really good at it. And then seventh, eighth grade, uh, junior high, that's when I met like two other people who liked rapping. And then mm. um, the, the thing is. I rapped with them for a little while and then I, I got out of it because they were just rapping this nonsense yeah. and I was rapping real stuff. So I felt like I would get more out of me rapping by myself than mm-hmm. rapping with them, you know, being forced to fit their style. So, yeah. and then ever since then, I've just been kind of writing and, you know, rapping here and there just, you know, on my own. I haven't really met a crew that uh, matches up the way I think, Yeah, you, you know, may ag- never agree with, with a lot of the things, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but I, I think the crew that we uh, were in the RCO with, mm-hmm. more of my kind of, you know, vibe. Yeah, I think you would really like it. I, I, I like, um, <clears throat> I've hung out with a few people who were there that day, and I it's cool because for some people, the more you learn about them, the more annoying they get. And then for other people, the more you learn about them, the more you're inspired. And it's pretty much been the second one for everyone that I've met there. That I've, even if I felt like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. this person's all right. But I would learn more about them or I'd hang out with them and be like, oh, this person is raw. But they're just cleaning, cleaning some stuff up here and there. You know, or they're dealing with some other shit or they're just focusing on school. But like I get these nuggets of gold pretty consistently from that group. So that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. So do you enjoy rapping? Because I would imagine if you did poetry that you can get the thrill out of just writing. Oh, uh, that's true. But um yeah, that's a good point. But um I I kind of feel like if I'm writing something and I come up with something that I think is just gold, yeah, then I get excited to rap it. Yeah, there you go. I get excited for other people to hear it. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh man, that was awesome. I got to I got to rap this beat. Other people got to hear this line. Yeah. You know. So, or this whole verse. So, like, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. A little bit of both, yeah. Yeah. And then a bit, you know, sometimes there's times where I think it's great and has a lot of meaning, you know, sometimes even historical. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a controversial, you know, rhyme. Yeah. So then I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, should I say this? Should I not <laughs> say this? Because I already know I'm going to get instantly judged super yeah, hard for taking a stance. So I'm kind of there right now, you know. Yeah. Well, that is a hard thing because we're we're living it's easy to um it's easy to make a song based on experience mm-hmm. or emotion where everybody can relate to like oh a breakup, everybody can relate yeah. to like oh I'm happy with my girl, blah blah right. blah. It's, it's a great day today, you know, I'm just cruising in my mm-hmm. car, you know, those kind of songs. <laughs> but like if you want to take a, you know, a stance like politically or yeah. you know, then it gets kind of icy yeah no matter what you know what's crazy about taking a political stance is that the extremists on your side are probably going to attack you too <laughs> that's what i thought you're, about you're never safe in this environment that no matter no matter what you're saying 
there's going to be, not only can you expect for the people who you feel are in opposition to you to be upset at you, but also people that agree with you will be upset at you. <laughs> yeah, like why, why Why is he saying it? Like, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll like pinpoint your life and be like, wait, why Why is he taking a stance? What? How does this apply to his life? Yeah. When you might just be saying something that can't be said from them. Like you're saying, you know, other people can't say it, but you're saying it for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's people seem to want to be angry at each other right now because of social media, or at least it's not helping things. But, uh, I, I say because of social media, let me qualify that. Okay. I, um, have a background in engineering. I never finished a degree, but, um, so one of the things that I've spent a lot of time about was thinking about tech mm -hmm. and one thing, unfortunately, that's true about tech and social media is that the algorithms are not on your side. <laughs> the algorithms are there to fuck you over and make them money. And mm. one of the ways that they can do that is by studying psychology, hiring, you know, PhD psychologists and whatnot and saying, how do we make people click or how do we make people share or how do we make people stay on our website for longer? And unfortunately, a lot of those things are in opposition to clear and honest conversation. So one example of that is showing you the most, the th showing you things that they know are going to make you angry versus showing you things that are the most accurate. So if you're on a page, you know, let's say there's an election coming up, they're going to, it's more likely you're going to get a video with the politicians acting just crazy, you know, almost yeah. like some on some reality TV type shit. Yeah, the most that, drama, the filled. most dramatic. Yeah, it's more likely you're going to see that clip than a sane clip with two people from opposite sides of the aisle shaking hands, because the more drama filled clip is going to be the one that you share, or it's going to be the one that makes you watch the video. So they know your political affiliation based off of your clicks and likes and who your friends are, and then they could share. So th these are things that have nothing to do with self-control and everything to do with mass human psychology that's been programmed in. And you can have self-control in the age of social media, but there's nothing you could do to change their algorithms that are going to catch you in moments of weakness. Mm. And, and that being a part of our world does have an effect on us being angry as fuck <laughs> because we're living in a world where that's going to happen. Every time we have a moment of weakness, the algorithm's going to send us something that makes us angry. And that's just going to keep ramping up to the point where you're just always getting angry shit. You're always upset. You're always, as soon as I go on Facebook, I never fucking go on Facebook for this reason. Mm -hmm. I know reliably I'm going to see something that just ruins the rest of the second half of my day. Yeah. And it's by design. <laughs> so this is something to consider. Again, good self-control can help reduce the amount that these algorithms have on your life, on fucking up your life. But like, it is an effect. And oh, it's yeah. it's like people from my tribe are the ones who are doing this. So I have to speak out against it. <laughs> At least now, you know, while I had the chance to speak, this is what I'm saying. Fuck that. You know, that's it's, it's pretty fucked up how people are getting taken advantage of for more clicks because the internet could be dope too. Social media could be dope too. It could be a world where people can connect with one another well, yeah. and you know i mean that's where you have to filter who you follow on instagram or stuff true. like that you just surround yourself with people you know who are all in say hip-hop who you respect and inspire to be like or yeah. respect their skill mm -hmm. then you could just 
use that constantly to like raise your own game up. But if you're having everybody on there then you're going to see everything and not everything is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't really think of any good positives for social media, except for maybe one reconnecting from someone in the past Yeah. Two, sharing your passion, your music. Yep. Sharing. Other than that, it's Sound like everybody's like... act. Everybody's, they don't realize it, but they're all acting the same on there. Yeah. Especially Facebook. Yeah. Well, it's certain. Here's one thing that I think we'll agree on. It's not good for is uh, news. I don't think it's good for news. Oh no. I, th- I don't think it's good because I don't think you have real journalism, anything close to real journalism, on uh, social media. Yeah, I was watching a documentary, and in the documentary, it said um, that there was like fake, fake news, like even to the point where like a fake Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, yeah, like uh, which what would you call it? Um, a meetup or something? Yeah, like yeah. a meetup, and then the meetup would like cause drama and violence. Yeah, so that it would make the Black Lives Matter cause look, look bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard the stuff like that? I've heard of stuff like that before in other situations, but yeah, that that's something that's it's a really scary thing. Yeah, that was because, on Facebook. Yeah, and then like fake fake news in the Middle East and like fake news. <laughs> In other countries where, okay, we're, we're us in America, we're not, you know, totally informed on that. So if we just see it randomly on Facebook, you know, you might be just saying, oh, that might be true, might not. Right. And videos are very persuasive. Mm-hmm. You can edit them in certain ways, so you only see a certain part of something. Yeah. So that kind of scared me when I, when I heard about that. Mm-hmm. That, I was like, wow, they're really on purpose causing drama. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not the worst that they can do, but... I mean, anyhow, it is what it is. Use it to promote your own shit, mm-hmm. and then don't worry about the. <laughs> <laughs> so, how come you don't? Uh, do you feel like? Um, are you interested in making songs and posting them online, or is, oh, do you yeah, have a 100%. resistance to that, or it's just a matter of you haven't gotten around to it? Uh, one, I'm kind of. I want to find someone who I'm comfortable recording with. No, yeah, none of my no. friends do any recording none of my coworkers don't do recording yeah. like so i was hoping to find someone in our in our group that i could record with really there's a chance you, there's a pretty good chance you could record with me if it's good enough for you what we could do is um we could uh do like a test run mm-hmm. and then i could send it to you and say okay what do you think of this what works uh, what doesn't work mm-hmm. but uh that would be for vocals as far yeah. as instrumentals, you'd have to bring on instrumentals because again, that oh, was my original problem. Yeah, is yeah. that I don't have, I don't make beats. Yeah, like the the DJ that's been DJing for like twenty five years, he's like down to make me a beat. Oh, and, cool. And another yeah, guy yeah, in yeah. his crew is also down to make me a beat. Yeah, this so is like, what, yeah. What I would do if I were you is get the beats, write the song, and just recite the song to yourself with the beats on. And yep. then if you if that's good enough for you, then we're in a position to record. Yep. Oh yeah, that's one hundred percent good enough. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Then we should record something and then uh, I'll do my little process of like, basically there's certain things I do with voices. Whenever I take them in, I usually don't use the raw voice. I'll compress it a couple of times, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. tweak it, Mm -hmm. add a little, you know, and then, uh, (laughs) and then from there I'll line it up with the beat. And then the last thing is how much voice, how much beat, Mm -hmm. but it's actually really simple. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a good, we should record them Okay. because I think, um, I think that the equipment I have at this point is actually I bought the equipment for podcasting. Mm-hmm. But 
if you'll notice, these are sure mics, right? These are like, you know, the classic, uh-huh. uh, the ones that you'll see people holding the mic on stage. They're performance mics. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a few techniques you need to know about, but it's nothing serious. It's like you, you should keep a consistent distance away from them, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. But after that, it's going to be a high quality, you know, thing. So the biggest problem with recording is um, what environment you're in. And that's the thing that would be a compromise if you recorded with me which is why i would suggest first doing a test run (laughs) but like i have songs that if i played it you wouldn't know where i recorded it yeah yeah you there's because i know how to i'm a little bit more savvy with uh with the levels and things like that Uh noise reduction Mm -hmm. so that um you know unless there's a car crash it's going to be quiet in the background it's going to be just your voice but you may feel like hey this isn't what i was looking for i also know um I've never recorded with them, but I've been around while Jason and Dom were recording. And I'd like to also point you to them or to Dom specifically, because okay. uh, he he has a different microphone setup. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, the little that I heard just from like, okay, we're going to do a take in the living room. Go. Jason raps. And then he's like, oh, boom. Okay, listen, it was fucking dope. So he Whoa. might be, he may, he may be the, the go-to guy as well. Um, if you feel like, you know, whatever I send you isn't really what you were looking for, but I know at least two of us record me and Dom. So it's possible that you could get those recordings, you know, off the ground. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm down for that. Yeah. That could be cool. I I think it's, it might be possible to do it at the radio station too, but I've never seen it done. I know that people do that, but I don't know if they know how to do it and plus like i said he's not there he's not there for the next quarter they, we did our he did his last show last night damn you know so, if khan's there i don't know and khan's not in the city right i could text him mm-hmm. but i don't know and me personally i try to stay away from the radio station i have some beef at that fucking radio station oh why you were just on it <laughs> i was on it two in the morning so, when but, nobody was there. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I don't want to go in there and cause any static. You know what I'm saying? I'm the type of oh. character where I walk into one room, there's a round of applause. I walk into the next room and they, they got the pitchforks. So I'm like, listen, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to avoid the, uh, the avoidables. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. So anyhow. I mean, it was a good show, right? Oh, yeah. It was a good show. The people I'm talking about weren't there. The listeners. No, not the listeners. Oh, okay, People okay. who work there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're getting yeah, 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 yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, you know, shouts out to KDVS, by the way. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you can record stuff with me if you'd like. Um, okay. What's the, so this, maybe you've already answered this, but what's the next, the next step for you uh, creatively? Maybe not even necessarily hip-hop wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's definitely hip hop wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just I want to get songs recorded, maybe some music videos to it. Music videos. Make make a lot of different kind of songs. Songs with like strong stances. Songs with like I told you earlier, like stories. Yeah. Songs with like emotional, like all different kinds of songs. I, I love writing to all different kinds of um, styles of beats and. Dude, can yeah. you perform right now? What if I no, did a beat I, for you? I can't. I can't, man. Uh. uh Man, because uh, I've been writing a couple of verses, but I don't have them memorized. Yeah. Then my phone got shattered. Mm. <laughs> so there, I can't even get them. Get to yeah, them. no, that's fair. So uh, yeah, I gotta probably write some new stuff mm. and, and memorize it, and then 
spit it. Well, actually, this is a good. So for me, <clears throat> I asked you about poetry versus writing. I mean, versus performing. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you a little bit about how that worked out for me, because I was a, I was a student for three years, mm-hmm. and then I left school for very dramatic reasons, and then uh, I ended up in a jail. <laughs> oh! And while I was in a jail, I started doing hip hop, mm. and I I had written before, but I hadn't written bars, I hadn't written rhymes, I wasn't really interested in all of that. I was more into you know my geek stuff. However, I noticed that a lot of writing, like you said. It's hard. It's hard enough to keep me engaged. Like, how do I say what I want to say and have the right number of syllables and be able to perform it, do it within my own speaking limits? You know, that's mm-hmm. actually hard. So I, I spent a lot of time writing just bars, bars, bars to the point where I had like some insane amount of songs. I had like 16 songs written and like maybe six months or maybe it's not that much. Maybe it's not that difficult to uh-huh. do. Right. <laughs> but the point is I had a lot of songs and I, I, uh, at some point I'm, I'm writing, people know that I'm writing mm-hmm. and they're like, Hey, you should perform something. Okay. And I, and at that point I already was like six songs in. So I was fairly confident and I had just written something that I thought they would appreciate. It was this song that was kind of a linguistic song where I think of it like a like as a baby E40 song. Okay. Where I was taking some slang and just using it in ways that I wouldn't normally use it just to fit in the song. It was mm-hmm. almost like I don't even I wasn't even speaking the slang in my day-to-day life, but I was only speaking it in this song just so that almost to capture the time, you know? As as weird as that may be. So anyhow, I had a fucking song, I had mm-hmm. written stuff. I wasn't used to performing, but I had speech and debate, a little bit, background. Oh, that would help. It helped. Yeah. It helps with breathing. It helps with like what happens when you freak out. Uh-huh. So anyhow, uh, I stand on a table. I say, somebody give me a beat. Nobody wanted to give me a fucking beat. Like, no, nah, fuck you. Perform. Fuck that. I'm like, shit, man. This was Nigg- in the jail? Yes. I said, man, these niggas, aren't, they ain't making it easy for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Were you laughing at yourself like no one's giving you a beat? Nah, you man, I was already at the time. Were you straight face? I was, I was just like, you know what, man? Let me just do this shit myself. So I started, uh, I, I, now, I'm, let's take another step back. When I was in high school, I played the drums. Mm-hmm. And we, we we used to do these like impromptu jam sessions. So I was thinking about those jam sessions and people would freestyle to these jam sessions. We would have drums. And somebody would jump on. And I thought, man, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do one of those drum circle type beats and I'll just perform to that. And the song was called jail terms because it was full of jail terms ah <laughs> uh, okay and i did it in the most it 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 the this moment to me was a defining moment as far as performing because it was a situation that ended well yeah but it uh, was a situation that easily didn't have to end well and also it it really showed me the power of performance over a lot of other things because I had, um, there were some cool lines in there, but uh, I'm going to do a little bit of it just so you have a rough idea of like my origins, at least in rap, mm-hmm. so that my attitude towards beats comes from this world. Okay. So it was like, I knew the tempo. So I knew it had to be like, 
Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. I knew it had to be like this fast. So then all I did was add a bass on my chest. And I don't know how much of this I'm going to make it through, okay. but at least you could see. Get the gist of yeah, it. Yeah, get the gist of what it was about. Uh, hey. I'm not the most bootsy, but I'm not the most Gucci. I shoot this. I'm on that new shit. You're a newbie. She fast like a spaceship and borderline basic. Might have my kid in her uterus type chick. Cool whip on the two lips. She still drips from my last pool dip. I only hit chicks I went to school with. The rules change. Now I'm the new kid. And that was like, that was the beginning of the cheers, right? It's like, mm. oh, okay, this is normal stuff that we're used to hearing in this format. Uh-huh talking about women and whatever the fuck you're using slang okay uh-huh. <laughs> but because of that i went into this whole mode where i was like you know what in the age in an era where you got the mike wills you got the dj escos you got the producers who are making songs i have the ability to perform without any production so i don't really have the same respect for the beats because I'm thinking, well, we had fun at the drum line. We had fun performing in the jail. So now what do I even want in a beat? I feel like it's taken away from my voice. There's, mm. there's ways that my voice can fill in that they can't if it's like the beats dominant. Yeah. Are they distracted by it? Or they just yeah. want to hear the catchy beat. They don't want to hear the lyric. They don't want to know what you're saying. A lot of these <laughs> they don't want to listen to try to catch it. They don't want to active listen to yeah. it. Yeah. And and there's ways you can make people listen that have nothing to do with beats. You can you can stretch stuff out, you can punch stuff, you can draw it out, you can add a melody. So, you know, the my attitude toward beats was that and then um I just had to steal a bunch of beats for like a whole year. And then eventually when I, I started making beats, they sound kind of like the way that song sounds. Actually, can I play yeah, one of those? Of, yeah, go ahead. Okay, let me see how long it takes me to pull something up. <laughs> 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 okay, here. You may have heard this one. This is like the... Actually, I'll play... Maybe I'll play two of them. Maybe I'll just play one. I'll just play one just to be safe. Okay. Does this feed in? Okay. Pretty similar. Mm -hmm. You can see how this would develop from the chest stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, yeah, I, I can right, see right, that exactly. Yet I veer left, bear more fruit so I care less. The gate keeps hating on a young chef. Debates need some degree of unrest. Copies collage ideologies. Scholarly models through comedy. Thought because I'm not a robot. Lost, but I know I know not. Already, mm -hmm. rhyme scheme's terrible. Beat's terrible arguably by Different. most people's standards but it can hold its weight because of a lot of those other things like there's so much um production on the voice mm -hmm. that it's an instrument <laughs> it's I like see. it's like you're like i really want to listen to this voice i don't know why yeah. but i want to listen to it yeah those are tricks of the trade like you can compress enough so it's like oh this is interesting to hear just in its own right yeah i got you <laughs> yeah okay so, um, anyhow, because of that, you know, things went whatever direction they went. But um, I would say this, as far as, you know, performing, I know that uh, for some reason, making songs makes it easier to perform, I think, because you can listen to your own songs. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So like, let's say that you're, you, you, you have trouble performing a song, but if you had the lyrics, you'd be good, right? Okay. Well, if you perform with the lyrics into the mic, then you record it. Then you just listen to the song. Essentially, you don't have to remember the lyrics anymore because the song's playing it for you. And then you can listen to your song 10,000 times. And then you'll have it memorized. Then you'll and then have it you memorized. Can perform it easily. Right. You'll have it memorized, not because you performed it a thousand times, but because you performed it right once. Yeah. And, and you then you just it play it back a thousand times. Yeah. 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 So, in, in a way, it's going to, when you do start recording, this is one of the things that I look forward to for you is that a lot of different things elevate at the same time. Um, another thing about songs is shareability. Mm-hmm. So, so far you've been able to share lyrics and people already thought, oh man, this is raw. Just reading his lyrics. And those are the people who know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> know how to rap. <laughs> right. So imagine if you could deliver them to people. Mm-hmm. Oh man, so many more people would have access to them. And then that would, who knows what can come from that. But songs, I think the difference is, you know, with songs versus just bars, songs are kind of a emotional trick on the mind where they, yeah, they, they, they put you in a vibe they put you in a vibe that, that your whole it's just with bars you have to remember exact bars but with songs that's what the course is there for you could just remember that if you want don't you could just say oh, i feel a certain way but i remember that and as long as they associate that with you they'll probably listen to the next one they'll probably listen to the next one or subscribe or whatever you're asking them to do bye mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that could be pretty crazy but anyhow Performance is also good, though. <laughs> it, another lesson from that thing is it's good to be able to perform whenever because I felt like, you know, it could have gone well, it could have gone poorly. But mm-hmm. since it went well, it kind of springboarded me toward like confidently writing more songs. Nice. And then eventually I was writing songs that like were undeniably dope. Whereas that one was kind of like almost dope. <laughs> 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 that was it. I looking back at it, it was like, okay, there were some cool bars in there. Uh-huh. But I honestly think they were doing a little bit of charity work with me. I don't think it was fire. I, a big part of it was shock value. Uh-huh. You know, because I'm I was kind of a geeky dude. Mm-hmm. So they didn't expect me to deliver in any way at all. So if I delivered at all, they were like, Oh, that is cool that it's coming from him. <laughs> but if it would have been somebody else, they probably wouldn't have liked it. Mm, that's so, what you think some of it was i mean it sounds oh, like you yeah. performed it pretty good from what i, I heard. performed it well but mm-hmm. also there was a whole atmosphere around it that's hard to replicate <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's it, it's everything is always a package deal you know and this is why there's people out there i don't agree with this but i understand it i mean i wouldn't do this but i understand it mm-hmm. there's people who say I think Trinidad James was saying this in an interview. He's like, rapping. Like, I would much rather just be have my fashion on point. Why? Because we're in Asia Instagram. Looking at things Man. is actually if you if you if you can see if you're like, well, I guess let me let me try to explain what I took from that. Mm-hmm. To be a superstar is more than just to be good at your craft, I think. I think to be a superstar is to be good at your craft. And and, and in addition to that, your aura is fucking yep. insane. Yep. Like Prince, for example. He's great at singing. True. <laughs> yeah. But 
that is a gross kind of understatement when you're talking about what his real influence is or was. So I think that was kind of what he was getting at. But I think performance, you know, it's something that I thought was annoying. I come from the world of papers. You know, I came from the academic world. I didn't really have that much respect for it except when giving speeches. And even then, eh, you know. But now I understand it's really, it can be a connecting fiber for a lot of people because people don't like to fucking read. And you're communicating values to people when you focus on having a great performance. Mm. You're almost saying like, hey, this is how much I think, this is what I think about what I'm saying. And then to them, they're like, oh, okay, well, if you think that, then okay, maybe I'll consider it. You're almost selling it to them. Yeah, yeah, you are, (laughs) literally. You really are, though. (laughs) Yeah, because especially for me, I like, I think... I have some bars in uh, this new song I have called Cherry. I made it with Carolith Beats. And uh, they're straight up geek bars, right? You heard something about a philosopher mm-hmm. in one of the songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, these are things that, you know, if I wrote it down on a sheet of paper and handed it to the nearest thug, they would fucking crumble it up, <laughs> throw it in the trash, take a shit on it, burn it, <laughs> and then stomp it out right after it's burnt. But if you sell it, you can actually make it pretty dope, you know? So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Anyhow. And what do you mean by, what What do you, what would you say are like the steps you take to sell it? You mean just practice and practice and practice? Yeah. Until it's, I guess so. People buy into it or? I, well, the truth is I don't really sell it to anybody. I just make it and share it. <laughs> yeah. But what what, if I were to perform in front of somebody I would say, yeah, practicing it to the point where it's it's nothing for me to remember the words or anything like that. That's the first level. And then the second is figuring out what to emphasize and how I'm going to do that. And I think that's really the art form for me of, of selling it is how, w- 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 yes, I'm going to say all these words. That's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then how am I... Uh... Going to get them to feel what you're saying? Yeah, how am I really going to deliver it? It's almost like I'm what's the packaging on the present now? And there's a, there's actually a wide range of ways you could package things and some of them involve changing the rhyme scheme for a performance. Some of them involve adding melody. Mm-hmm. Some of them I I see a lot of people uh if there was a crowd, sometimes it's uh getting crowd participation. That's not in the song. Yeah, yeah. not at all. Um, or having the crowd sing words and stuff like that. I don't know if I would go that route, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so for me, it's usually things dealing with uh, syllables, emphasis, and melody. Those are usually the things that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in as far as selling something because there's, there's so many weird ways of talking. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's so many weird ways of talking. There's so many weird ways of talking. You know, those are all different messages. Yeah, all those. <laughs> those are completely different. You know, it's the same words. Same words. Yeah. So, what, what, what would you say uh, when you did your performance? Did Was that before or after you had your, like, debate? Um, oh, way after. Oh, way after. Yeah, 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 yeah. My so, debate so, stuff so, was so like... What, did anything help you in that moment from then? Yes, composure. 
composure, just feeling weird, having the shakes and being able to still speak. Cause it's a lot of what happens is people shut down, you know, oh, when yeah. they're speaking. I had to take a speech class back in 2017 just to get into, I, I was going to apply to, uh, I did apply to uh, CSU San Jose, San Jose State. And they're like, you need to take this speech class first. So I took it and I realized how, like, yeah, I really have put in work in this area because I saw people who just came out of like geometry or whatever straight into the speech class, no experience whatsoever. And they went through all the pitfalls. And I, I think I only went through like a few of them. And uh, the professor was like, yeah, you probably, you have speaking experience, don't you? I can tell because of the way that this happened and this went down, the way you recovered from this, that's actually not norm. That's not, that's not the way that you would, if you didn't have experience, that takes a, some amount of training and experience. So maybe you had it, but you forgot about it, but either way it's there. So you can use it at your disposal. And uh, that was a situation that was useful <laughs> to have it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to ask you something that's not hip hop related, but mm -hmm. this is one of the areas that uh, now this is kind of an open question and it's kind of the beginning of a larger philosophical thing. It could be short. It could be long. Okay. okay. Uh, what do you think happens when we die? Ooh, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Yeah. I mean, no, there's so many, there's so many different religions and beliefs that, um, that all think different things, you know, yeah. reincarnation or not, you know. Maybe, go, and that's the thing. Heaven. There's even an assumption in the question, which is that we die. Some would argue that that's actually a false assumption, that you, there's no evidence that we die because, well, I mean, there's evidence that definitely something happens with your uh, physical body. But some people could argue, well... Maybe your consciousness is just software running on hardware type of deal, and there's some kind of an uploading that you don't know about. Who knows, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't really have um one like concrete belief on that. I don't yeah. have a concrete answer yeah. for that one. Do you explore a lot of different uh, belief patterns and then just try to see? Oh, okay, maybe this makes more sense to me. This, doesn't. yeah, uh, that's yeah. what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm well, I've been for like the past year just studying different religions and. Um, kind of picking out what I like and what I can uh, apply to my own life. I don't really, you know, pick one and say it's 100% true and devote myself to it. I'm more just pick what I like and apply it to how, how I am as a person and live by it that way. Yeah. I think it makes the most sense to assume that there's some truth in everyone's teachings. Mm -hmm. Um. And that uh, you can find something useful. Out of all of them. Yeah, out of everyone's teaching. Because why would it even be a teaching? Like, yeah. it wouldn't make sense that it's complete bullshit. Yeah. It, it would make a lot more sense that it's actually very useful. And then there may or may not be some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be some truth in those thousands and thousands of pages. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Yeah, and and the quest for, um, to me, the quest for the 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 desire to answer the question, what's the best way for me to live, is interesting, and it seems like a lot of these uh, teachings and 
um, religions and just groups of beliefs mm-hmm. are um, attempts by different people, different groups of people at different times to try to answer it. And I think that they they all have gold in them. Like each answer is, I mean, there's no one answer for everybody, but each answer has kind of been explored from some base truth. And maybe it's some things are farther away from that base truth than others, but, you know, certainly we have more and less fulfilling experiences in our lives. And there's things that we can do to increase the number of fulfilling things and decrease the number of undesirable things. And a lot of the time, that's what I find in those teachings. It's like, not that I'm really a student of religions, but Mm -hmm. just from the things I've heard and the things I see is that people are trying to have more fulfilling experiences while they're alive. Mm. The the thing I kind of get from it is... um... It feels like some of the religions sort of have some teachings to like, don't worry, this is or, that your path is already set, or don't worry, like this is kind of things to make you feel more at ease and kind of put your trust mm-hmm. that everything's gonna be okay mm-hmm. more than um, fulfillment. Okay, of, maybe uh, that is well, maybe. I mean, some people look to a higher thinking to like, oh, have them feel complete and fulfilled. Maybe that's kind of what you're trying to get at. Maybe the best way to be fulfilled for many people is to commit to abandoning fulfillment. Mm. So maybe the best way to have is to let go for a lot of people, you know, is to say, hey, you know, if I actively try to have more, then I will by some weird roll of the dice, end up with less. So maybe the best way to have more is to stop trying to have more. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then I will still have more, but it's not going to be from my effort. It's going to be from the other forces kind of working on me naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's people who definitely uh, think in that sort of way, you mm-hmm. know. Um yeah, I'm still, like I said, I'm still exploring, kind of just trying to see what I believe in. But as of right now, I'm not really, you know, 100% into one. I'm just picking, picking out of each one, all those golden nuggets that I like, applying them to myself and then, you know, living life the way I, you know, treat others, how they want to be treated, you know, learn everything I can from everybody, give mm-hmm. back to everyone, you know, just be a positive uh, figure and you know, on the music side, speak up, you know, for what I do believe in, you know, Mm -hmm. what's going on in the world nowadays that's I feel is wrong. You know, that's fulfilling to me. Mm. If I could speak out like that and do it in an art form where people can respect the way I'm crafting the opinion. Yeah. You know, the way I'm writing it out. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's that's the good. It is. Another thing to me, uh that's it's very fulfilling. That's uh in the same ballpark as that is just developing skills and uh, mm-hmm. developing developing skills by itself is already one thing because it can be challenging to do so. And, and the challenge can be humbling and the success can be uh, rewarding. Mm-hmm. And that pattern of uh, reward and challenge and challenge can be a healthy pattern as opposed to like instant gratification yeah. where you don't have to struggle to get the the reward with skill development you do have to struggle on some level before you get the reward and it's a meaningful reward you yeah. can do something you couldn't do before 
But then also there's the application of the skills where you, it's interesting for me to ask the question, what is the way that I can make the maximum positive impact with my life? And uh, I, I, I think that if everyone asked the question, everyone would have a different answer. One, everyone has different skills to begin with. Everyone has different interests. Everyone has different abilities and resources. Um, and then two, their idea of what would be positive would be wildly different too. So this to me is a worthwhile way to spend some amount of time. And I see that as a, a reflective tradition that's not different from a religious tradition of mm. reflection, which is to say, hey, and and I don't see it as very different from a religious uh, tradition of humility um, to say, hey, you know, uh, I don't really know what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's my job to kind of be open to some of them and explore some of them and get around to as many of them as possible. And I don't even know what positive really is, but I think it is my job to take my approximation some degree with some degree of seriousness. Like, okay, I don't know if this is the answer, but if this is close, I should still kind of try <laughs> to make, to make things work in this direction. And, uh, but to bring it back, I think we may agree on this, that the real question is not so much about uh, death, but how do you live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you live? How do you properly live? Or how do you live as best as you can, given everything you know, all the resources you have? And this is a, a never ending. The way things are now. You yeah. Know, the current we, conditions. We'd, we'd be yeah. living way differently if this was 50 years ago. Yeah. That's true. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it, and then it, it goes by like, how are you as a person? Do you just kind of accept things for the way it is and kind of just fall into the mold and just be complacent and lazy with the way things are and accept all the norms or do you go against that do you speak up yeah you know so i think it like you said it just depends on every person and as for um as for uh how do you live or, or what do you choose to do what what are you meant to do mm-hmm. um simple answer i got the other day it was actually i was at work and an older gentleman maybe 60 70 walks up to me and is like he asked me that same question and I'm like, well, I don't know how to answer it, yeah. you know? And he's like, well, just follow your heart, mm. follow your heart and, and you'll know what you're meant to do yeah. as a passion, you know, do what your soul wants you to do, you know, what, what you're urging to do, just do that and you'll be happy. Yeah. And he's like, I've been doing that for this many years and I'm, and I'm happy every single day. You know? And for him, I think it was just living out in the country, having his own little, ranch and and being really down to earth uh being outdoors so he does that all the time (laughs) (laughs) yes yes another co-worker and uh my other co-worker is like a little uh like a junior baseball coach he's like Mm -hmm. yeah teaching the little kids how to play sports and then you ask another co-worker and he was like oh yeah it's it's love Mm. (laughs) he was kind of thrown off by that it's love (laughs) it's love yeah, I guess for the the wanting to fall in love with a girl is what yeah his number one thing was. Mm. So yeah. that mm. one kind of scares me because that's like you're you're putting all your life's effort into something that's chance. Mm. 
Yeah, well, there's a probabilistic a chance that you can't control. Really, you can't. I mean, you could play a numbers game and try to date a lot of women, but you can't control that as much as if you were like us trying to make music. That's something that you're controlling. You're getting better at every day. You're making progress. Yep. You know, if you put in the work, that you could just keep getting better and better and better. Now, yeah. finding love—that's completely way more on the spectrum of chance. Right. And this is so in the science community, they talk about uh, deterministic versus probabilistic. Hmm. And uh, there there are a lot of things about making music that are deterministic, which means uh, one thing directly follows from the other is a simple way of thinking about it. Hmm. Whereas probabilistic means one thing has a probability of following given the initial condition. So one's like, if this happens, then this has to happen. Mm-hmm. But the other one's, if this happens, then this one has some chance of happening. Yeah, you might have a chance of that. One it now. might happen, but some other things also have a chance of happening. You know, you roll a die, there's, there's a chance it'll be a six, mm-hmm. you know. But um, definitely it'll be a number between one and six, inclusive. So mm-hmm. there's a 100% chance that it'll be one of those numbers, but there's only a one-sixth chance that it'll be six. And, um, you know, you throw a ball at a certain velocity, at a certain angle, it's going to land in this ballpark area, you know, with some error bars. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, I don't know, you, you look out the window, will you see a bluebird? Yeah. There's a chance. It, I mean, even if you're in an area with a lot of bluebirds, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, there's no chance of seeing a penguin, right, if we look out right now. Yeah. But there is some chance of seeing a bat. Yeah. Or something that's common that could leave and go somewhere else out of our visual field. So, yeah, love, pretty probabilistic, <laughs> right, as far as, especially if you're trying to, if you're on the on the extremist end of trying to find the right one, then you really, oh, really. that's really rough. Yeah. Now you've just set yourself up where the probability is pretty much zero. Yeah, because I've been doing some reading, and the reading I've been doing is uh, totally opposite of finding the right one. It's more you sort of become the right one or become what the other person needs, Yeah, and then they fall for you for that reason. Well, definitely, we mold each other, and Mm -hmm. definitely, we have preferences that change over time. So the right one at one moment in time is not going to be the same person, the same, even for the same person. If it's a different moment in time, that wasn't the best yeah. way of saying that sentence. Uh, no, I got what you. I got what you. Meant. <laughs> you take the same person one moment at a time, compare them to themselves. Ten years later. Ten years later, they're gonna have different preferences for a partner. Everything you, you, yeah. you don't uh, know what's gonna other happen. Things, right? right now, it might be perfect timing. You get along for like three, four years. Yeah. Then later on, they want to move to Arkansas, and you want to stay in California, go to Texas, and then yeah. it's like a big rift thing or they want to go back to school and do this and you want to do that and right you can't leave your job here and they got to go to university there like so many different uh things i could just mess it up and there's so many priorities you can have in your life that can switch up mm-hmm. you know i mean yeah if somebody's exactly the same for their whole life then yeah they'll have the same preferences and priorities and whatever but and then that'll of, get boring. It'll get boring. A lot of what people want is someone they can grow with. And it's kind of hard to filter for that. How do you know if you meet someone on one day that they can grow with you for a number of years? It might not be obvious. It might not be clear. So good luck. Not to say you shouldn't go on the search, 
But, you know, I agree with you. It's probabilistic. It's not the deterministic one. It's not like once you have, you know what I mean, like I said, have beats and have your bars recording. That's uh-huh. completely deterministic. There's a 100% uh-huh. probability that the mic will record if I set it up correctly and yeah. you speak into it. <laughs> yeah, and if I keep doing it over and over and over and over and over, I will get some progress. Yeah. Like there's no... And also, well, you're getting into the area of skill development, which I think is a mixture of both of them. I think you do get progress over time, but it might not be that if you work today, you will be better. It might be that if you work for 10 hours, then you get noticeably better. So it's not every exact moment gets you better, but it's like uh, roughly this much, this chunk, like a whole year as one chunk, then it works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you have an extra two years. Did you like? Oh, I put in an extra one week. You're not going to uh, be better. Uh, uh-uh. not at all. <laughs> Unless not at it all. depending on what you're doing, right? And this is this is what I consider the internal discussion that I like in the whole like art of progress thing mm-hmm. is like, well, how much time is enough time? What about when you're measuring progress? How do you know how much time do you let go by before you say, okay, this is enough time to measure again, or how much time goes by? Let's say you stop. Can you take a break for five minutes and get back to it and still be considered working? Or maybe if you stop for five minutes, you quit and you're restarting. It just depends on what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some there's some engineers who worked on uh, like the space shuttle or some shit at NASA where their whole career was on the same project. And then there's people who put out new Vine videos every week, you know? Yeah. Were those all separate goals or were they one continuous thing to put out 50 vine videos is that my uh let me shut this my bad man oh you're good (laughs) my email thing popped up but yeah it's how do you piece things up how do you break them apart and then the psychology side of it is what's motivating to you because you won't get shit done if you're not motivated yeah so maybe for you personally the way you would piece it up and break it up is different from the way this other person would do it so you would define it as this and they define it as that but it's the same goal from the outside so these are things that are kind of the art form of it where it's not just what happens that matters it's also how you do it Mm, i like that i like that way of thinking for sure yeah it's very it's i think the more you think about it the more interesting it is because i i would tell people oh i like uh you know, Chef of X is kind of like, it's like, it's, it deals with goals. And then like, what's there to talk about? You have a goal, you do it. It's like, no, that's not what it's like though. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> or people like, oh, goal setting. Oh, so you set a goal. What's the big deal? And I started thinking, well, how do you set a goal? How does a person set a goal? How do you even do that? Do, do we set goals or do we just do and then justify it afterwards? You know, these things actually are not, um, they're not an open and shut case. And that's what I think is the art form in it is like, there's a lot to be said here. And, you know, there's plenty of people, like I said, reinventing the wheel is my religion, my true religion. But there's a lot of, uh, I think the, uh, the war of art is something I've heard referenced a lot. But basically, there's some concept of resistance in this book. I've never read it. I'm just referencing other people who read it. Uh And it's that uh, there was some statement about every artist has to deal with resistance. 
And resistance is the thing that keeps you from taking the first step or taking the goal, taking it to the next level because there's a fear. Even though you have the ability, you have the fear and you have to fight that resistance every day with work. Yeah. Yeah. If you make it a habit to work, you don't have the resistance. But Mm. if you stop for too long, it comes back. And uh, these are the types of things that, uh, that are kind of interesting for me, not only to think about, but to try to find the physics behind it what Mm. are the actual gears that that what are the relationships uh around these different ideas and and how do they interact with each other if any of them you know could be none of them could be that there are no relationships (laughs) (laughs) i've managed to to isolate at least a few but um it seems like a never-ending project so that's why i'm uh, excited about it in its early stages it'll always be in its early stages Okay, I'm getting exhausted, so I'm going to wrap this thing up okay. with the most important question the in the most universe. important question oh, man, in the universe. I know, right? That really is probably more oh, important than the one I'm about to ask you. Okay. Twist or turn? Ooh. Hmm. Twist or turn? Twist or turn? Man, that... That could be taken a couple of different ways. <laughs> uh, hmm. ah, it depends on what it applies to, though. Twist or turn? Hmm. What's your What's your answer? Just Just the um, an- Just Just the answer. No explanation. twist yeah hmm. i think i think i'll go with twist too because hey. if you turn you're just burning bridges <laughs> that's right thank you for your time i'm gonna shut this thing down Strawberry, blueberry. One berry, two berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Do I really want the stem or the cherry? Bucket naked doing mathematics. Hey, dynamic, I don't mind static. Hey, can't deny it, I might die tonight. Hey, every rainbow's just white light. Uh, keep my toppings on top of it. Helicopters, helicopter, draw the whole lot, cartographer, think about dots, philosopher, check the bars with a barometer, not a day without chefing, that's negligence, don't trust what I say, check the evidence, it all depends on the mold you were shaped in, what you make from the leaves that you break in, either you get it or you don't, either it's burnt bread or it's toast, either a wavelength or a note. Either a joke or a real quote. Either use it or lose your vote. Strawberry, blueberry. One berry, two berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Hey, I really want the stem or the cherry. Not the most musical, more Dr. Seussical. All my work's useless, I keep my dick usable. 
I'm a nuisance, the proof's in the juices Finish all your trick and your sick fig mutants She smoked that estrogen and progesterone Threw it in the vape, took it to the dome Fuck it, I might hit the testosterone Chef's cut, dopamine with some melatonin I can't tame it if it's too tame I can't name it, it's a new name Left right when the life came Every night play the dice game Draw the line through the right planes Is it mean if I don't mean it? What's a fucking mean mean to a deviant? And not to diss you, but you stop chefing I don't miss you, I have no tissue Strawberry, blueberry One berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry? I keep it one more than a thousand I see these sheep charged up, keep it rounded Somebody show these, where the pound is? I think the kitchen's getting crowded Same place, different state Same shit the chefs love, the sheep hate Keep my beats in a briefcase Never cheap with the beefsteak Nothing free in that sweepstake I think they're locked into the optics I'm like the opposite, I'm like their compliment I'd rather say a lot with a little Sold the violin, got a fiddle If you don't experiment, you don't walk You wanna talk? Are you really about the chalk? Then please shut the fuck up, enough is enough Cheap ass arguments, get your tongue cut Strawberry, blueberry one berry, two berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry? 